Hey, thank you for listening to the Real Perspectives podcast. If you like this episode, please follow us and tell one of your colleagues about the interview you're about to hear or have heard in the past. We hope you enjoy our conversations and that you'll listen to others in our library. If you have any thoughts, ideas, or suggestions, please reach out. We'll do our best to incorporate them. Thanks again. We're here today to speak with Justin Draplin, the founder and CEO of South Carolina-based Eclipse Cottages. This firm has brought to the market one of the most interesting prefabricated products, and Justin's vision goes beyond ADUs and granny units that people can build on their lots. Eclipse is making one of the most sustainable cottages in the industry, which includes solar roofing, wireless smart switches, SIP construction, water filtration, and, most importantly, in a very high quality envelope that can be delivered anywhere in the country. Most recently, the company also introduced the Comet, a complete cottage that you can buy for $99 a month. Let's dive in and talk to Justin and how Eclipse is looking to upend this world. Justin, good morning, how are you? Oh, good, Vlad, thanks for having me. Absolutely, yeah, where do we find you today? Where are you? Uh, Travers Rest, South Carolina in my office. Excellent, excellent. Um, well, Justin, tell us a little bit about yourself, sort of how uh, you know you got to where you got to, and uh, you know a bit about you know your your company as well. Oh goodness, how much time do you have? Um, <laughs> so uh, I'm 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 an entrepreneur by trade. Uh, I started my first company uh, at an early age, delivering papers, and then into you know all kinds of stuff from there. Um, you know, more fast forward, uh, I started a company that made the Inc. 500, um, and was moving that to South Carolina. Um, when we got to South Carolina, um, I actually fell in love with a piece of property and had to figure out what to do with it. So, um, from there I came across tiny homes and as I dove into that, um, it's just been a nonstop crazy business experience since then. Okay. Um, so I actually started the process a little over five years ago with, uh, buying the property and the permitting process. But you know, that took a year and a half, uh, to actually get to the point where we're moving somebody in. Okay. Uh, so, you know, over the last three and a half years, we've been moving people in, um, doing additional phases and working on additional developments. Uh, and then more recently, just last year, uh, we got into actual construction, and that's when we got into the net positive solar roofing, wireless technology, IoT uh, stuff within housing. Yeah, and what was it about you know small homes, micro homes, right, tiny homes that appealed to you? Yeah, you know, at first when it was brought up, I really thought, no way. You know, tiny homes are ridiculous. Um, I only had what was on TV, which is usually kind of unique, awkward stuff. Sure. And when I actually started going into them, I quickly realized uh, as a lifestyle choice, they actually make a lot of sense, especially when you get into like the 300, 399 square feet. Um, they're very, very livable, all full-size appliances, you know, main floor living, main floor bedroom. You don't have to climb into a loft. Um, have space, windows on all sides. Um, so from a from a lifestyle standpoint, it suddenly made a lot of sense when I actually started physically being in them instead of just what my preconceived notions. Yeah, were. 
And and have you had any building experience prior to that, or did it? Is it something that you learned sort of as you got into the industry? Yeah, good question. So growing up, my dad was a fireman, and he actually built houses on the side. Okay. So I was I was kind of around it. I mean, he built maybe thirty homes in his in his career, um, but it was always going on. And and I joke that once you're around construction, the sawdust gets in your lungs, <laughs> okay. uh, and, you know, and you can't get it out. Right. 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 Um, so it's always been interesting to me. Real estate's always been on my radar. Um, and then I've done small projects because of that, some home remodeling, um, you know, stuff around the home, but nothing, nothing as major as actually building an entire home from scratch. Right. Right. So when Eclipse started, you said you fell in love with a piece of property and that was sort of the genesis of it all. Um, was it for you just to build one and sort of sell it or was there kind yeah. of a, you know, how, how did that sort of evolve and sort of what, what does the company do now? Yeah. So I started on the development side. So the property I bought was 24 acres and it had some buildings already. So I was going to move my existing companies down here to South Carolina and that the buildings worked for it. But then I had 24 acres of land with, with ponds and, in creeks and woods and uh, right on the Swamp Rabbit Trail, walking distance to a downtown, um, you know, within a short bike ride to uh, Greenville, South Carolina, which is one of the top rated places to retire and live and all that kind of stuff. So um, using the land was was the first thing I did. And that was, okay, I'm going to do a community of these cottages. So at first I wasn't even building them. Uh, I was actually a dealer for other companies and sold those to people that then lived in my community. I see. Got it. And then and then when you saw what other people delivered, you felt like you could do better or you felt you could sort of provide sort of a different experience? How did it turn yeah. into, you know, you actually yeah. manufacturing them? Yeah, so I, I built a small one kind of traditional construction while I was going through the process of developing because there's a lot of delays in development. I can't even tell you how many delays we had. Um, so instead of you know just twiddle my thumbs while I waited, I decided to start building one. Um, so I did do that. Uh, yeah, so I built that one as you know traditional construction. But in my head, I've always been following the trends, right? The solar technology, uh, high efficiency stuff. Um, smart housing. So all the stuff going on with, uh, you know, Amazon and Google and Apple that they're doing within the house. So I had been following all of that stuff. So I really wanted to do construction that included all of that. You know, I didn't see anybody in the space and I still don't see anybody else even remotely close to how we're operating that is taking all of that technology and including it in every home, right? Uh, you have Apple that did it with the phone. They took all of these cool applications and just put them in every phone and sold you this amazing phone. You have, you know, Tesla that went all electric, all in on electric, and was able to include all of this stuff and working on all of this cool technology that can be applied to every single vehicle they made. But nobody was yet doing it for housing. So what I saw was an opportunity to start taking all of those pieces, the solar roofing, the wireless smart switches, the uh, IoT stuff to connect it, the, the strong insulation envelope to... Uh, get better efficiencies and uh, uh, high efficiency uh, appliances and uh, uh, what's it what's it called faucets and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So um, 
that was where I focused. I was like, well, I would, I'm just going to start building with the best of everything and let the pieces fall where they may. And, and kind of through that process, it just got more and more fun because I saw and better understood how, how all of these technologies spoke to each other and how they affected each other. Cause so many companies are just focused on one of these areas, right? If somebody's in solar, they're really just doing the solar piece. They're not focused on the rest of the house. The companies that are working on uh, structurally insulated panels, the wall panels, they're really, really laser focused on that, but not on as much the other pieces that go into the home, like the HVAC system and how that plays into that, uh, the overall system. Yeah, how it all integrates, right? Right. So um, now that we've got to that point where we can start integrating it all, um, it makes other things possible in other applications. So the, the better insulation affects what HVAC options we have. Um, and those those HVAC options affect our electrical draw, which gives more electrical available for other things. Um, so it just it it was it's just this constantly evolving thing that I, I don't see anybody else doing. They're focused on some kind of niche uh, niche thing within housing, but nobody that's really taken the bull by the horns and taken all of it and said let's let's start putting it all together and work on all of these simultaneously. Uh, I mean, it's quite a, you know, what's the word I'm looking for? Aggressive or optimistic or, um, you know, it's a grand vision, if you will. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I think it's one that's needed to start connecting the dots in the space. Yeah, no, no. Uh, and and have you now built a factory? Do you build these on the land that, you know, you've you've purchased since? Uh, uh, yeah. what, what What do you guys do then now? Yeah, so we were building on site. Um, we're, we're in the middle of transitioning. So we are now into a facility. We just finished moving everything in last week, right? So we're, we're still in the world in, in the process of ramping that up. So we're, we're working simultaneously at two locations. We have a couple of builds on uh, outdoors that we're building on site. Um, that need to be completed while we transition into building into this factory. But what the factory is going to allow us to do is is better streamline the processes to build quicker, um, but also more work on all of these technologies hands-on in a more controlled environment. So you, uh, you know, in, in a way stumbled upon this, right? Um, you uh, started building a, you know, community um and so you, you, that's, I think, an interesting aspect to me about it. This is not just about you making, you know, tiny homes, right? But you actually built a community. Tell us a little bit about sort of, you know, how many, you know, you know, people live there, how many homes are there, and kind of what what yeah. what does that community look like today? Well, and I'm glad you brought that up because the the community is what started this all, right? And it's about a lifestyle like I said earlier. And so the, the current community that we have in, in Travelers West South Carolina, we have two phases that are already sold out. We're working on a final phase, but there's 75 residents, 75 homes currently in that community being lived in. And there's just some, it, it's a lifestyle that is just so much more fulfilling for people. Um, one, you know, you're taking better care of yourself. You're taking better care of the environment. Um, and you're more focused on living your life. So I, I tell people we're, we're about living an abundant life. Your, your life shouldn't be boiled down to maintaining your home or 
trying to work to pay bills. Uh, you know, the stories that I hear from the residents are, you know, they're one of our, one of our guys, uh, blue, he's, he's an amazing guy. And they, he sold a huge home, 3,500 square foot home and sold everything to move into a 400 square foot tiny home. Okay. And, Presumably by know, himself. It, <laughs> right. No, with his wife. Oh, okay. With his wife. Okay. <laughs> um, and, you know, hearing him talk about it and just the lifestyle that they can now live, um, you know, they exited the rat race, right? right? right. It's no longer, um, the, the American dream is different for them than it was, you know, a year ago, two years ago, uh, where the bigger house, the, you know, nicer clothes, uh, fancy parties, uh, you know, not, not necessarily just for him, but I'm just saying generally, sure, sure. um, you know, we have one resident, he lost more on his home during the recession of 2009 in Santa Fe, New Mexico, lost more on that home than what he paid cash for his tiny home. Okay. Right. So like from just a financial stability standpoint yeah. to not have to worry about that, right. To lose that much money, you, you can't even lose that much money. You, you, you literally spent less than what he lost. Right. Right. Um, and what that frees up from a lifestyle standpoint of what you do with your time, what you do with your money you know, these, these people are taking more vacations. You know, we have a community center, so there's, there's also lots of opportunities to participate within the community. Um, you know, they just did a, a Thanksgiving event where, I don't know, there was like three whole turkeys and probably enough feed food to feed like, you know, several football teams. Right. And, um, they just had a good time and it's, it's, uh, there's a joy to the people that live this lifestyle that you just don't see, in normal areas. It's, it's a very aspirational way of life. Um, and, and a lot of people don't think of tiny homes that way. They think of tiny homes as, you know, sometimes affordable housing, which they, which they can be, um, or, you know, uh, kind of a last resort kind of thing, but they're right. anything but that. I mean, you know, we're putting in premium finishes, um, solar roofing, you know, all this, cool technology, but it's a small space, right? So it doesn't cost a lot and it, it really frees up people to focus on travel and, you know, going out to eat a little bit more, spending more time outside their home in nature, more hikes, those kind of things that, you know, they don't have to clean the bedroom that they don't use anymore because right. their kids moved out. Right. They don't have to clean the second or third bathroom that hasn't been used in several years. Um, it's extra time, it's extra money. They're heating and cooling those spaces that they aren't using. Um, it's just a lot of stress that I don't think people realize until they start decluttering, until they start getting rid of stuff and simplifying their life. And all of a sudden they get this relief. And, and I think some people don't even realize why, you know, they don't realize that it came from this process of decluttering their lives, but they do know the way they feel now, yeah. right? Now that they are living this lifestyle, it's like, holy cow, something's clearly different. And most people finally make that connection. Um, but it's just, it's, it's a time and it's a process. Yeah. Justin, who are these inhabitants? I don't know if you can put like a persona around what a, you know, typical, you know, uh, customer of yours yeah. is, but who are the people that live in this community? Are they retirees or are they not yeah. quite retirees? So Maybe a mix of both, right? Yeah, it, so the interest level is across the spectrum, 
So because we're building with such cool technology, you know, sustainability, tiny housing, uh, I mean, we have interest from first-time home buyers, you know, young, young people, young professionals that like, well, this is how they want to live their lives, um, all the way through to um, empty nesters, right? Uh, their kids are out of the house. Uh, they're single, maybe. Um, you know, we have a lot of, uh, you know, single women that, that decide to live in a community like this because it's a lot more freeing of a lifestyle, no, no maintenance. Um, so we have uh, a lot of people interested. Now, currently, most of our community is empty nesters. Okay. Uh, but, but the biggest reason is because financing has been extremely difficult. On yeah, so, that was going to be my follow-up question. How, how do they typically get into a tiny home? Yeah, so most of our residents, uh, probably half of our residents pay cash. So you're talking a hundred, one hundred and thirty thousand cash. Uh, uh, what of those? Uh, of, the, of the other half, most of those had fifty percent down. So the financing on them is difficult. Uh, you know, it's twenty percent down and eight nine percent interest. It, it's it makes it unaffordable for a younger person, for an individual, a young professional, because you know maybe they haven't saved up thirty thousand cash yet. Uh, and then you throw on a 9% interest rate, it's like, oh, suddenly, uh, you know, and, and it's accelerated terms, right? You can't get a 30-year mortgage. It's only 15, 20 years, yeah. maybe. And, and I'm curious um, why, and you and I talked about this when we had our sort of, you know, prep call, but uh, I, it, it is interesting yeah. sort of why that's happening, right? <clears throat> yeah, and so the, the financing is difficult because tiny homes are still new. And I think from uh, a lending standpoint, the risk uh, hasn't been assessed yet because enough time hasn't gone by. You know, I can say out of our 75 residents in the last four years or so, we haven't had anybody fall behind on any payments. We haven't had anybody um, uh, be late, let alone not pay or have to foreclose or anything like that. So I think, uh, I think what we're going to find is that's a pretty good track record. Um, so the, the banks, traditional banks, just aren't yet lending reasonably on these. Um, now, on the flip side, what we've come up with, and because we're looking at this holistically, we've been able to compile our own financing, uh, which we're just actually opening up applications later this month um, with official uh, financing closing starting in 2023, where we can actually finance these better than what anybody can get on a 30-year mortgage. So we can actually do zero down financing, okay. uh, potentially 0% interest. Uh, for individuals and we can stretch it out, you know, 30 years or, you know, quite frankly, we could do 0% uh, or a low interest rate and just stretch it out forever uh, for the most part. Um, and it's, it's just kind of unheard of. Nobody's been able to do that in any kind of housing. So um, I think once we, once we start rolling that out, what you're going to see is the whole dynamic of tiny homes and the way people live is going to change significantly, especially when you look at our homes and being able to put them anywhere. So when you can finance them for so cost effectively, and then you can put them more or less wherever you want to live. Now you got zoning sure. and HOA yep. stuff to deal with. Um, but from a technology standpoint, the technology is there to put them anywhere and they just work. Right. Yeah. So if yeah. you take that and you pop, com combine that with the financing that we can do, 
I think it's going to be a game changer and it's going to make, uh, yeah, I think it's going to be a huge relief to the housing crisis, um, in all areas of, of the country, whether it's just overpriced areas or whether it's areas where, you know, you have a homeless population or just in, uh, you know, uh, people struggling to pay their bills day to day that can move into a, an option like this that can suddenly easily afford everything. Yeah. Yeah. And, Justin, are you able to do this because you are providing the financing or do you have a sort of an equity partner that's going to come in and do this? Um, well, I don't the, know if you want to get into that, but but I yeah. am curious you well, know, because – Yeah, I mean it's, it, it is proprietary to us, um, so I don't want to uh, you know, give out too many details. Sure. <laughs> um, but we, do, we are working with private parties as well as our own internal team to structure, um, structure something that makes sense for everybody involved to, to make it worthwhile. <clears throat> so we have multiple parties um, involved in the transaction, but ultimately we take care of all of it for the for the customer. So it isn't it's complicated on the back end, but the re- realistically, you know, it's a, a normal closing like you would on a, on a traditional mortgage closing, um, where it's just a bunch of paperwork and it's pretty simplified from that standpoint. Yeah, yeah, uh, Justin, as I hear you sort of talk about what you do and how you do it, I mean, it the you know passion behind your organization is, um, you know, very audible in this case, right? Because I'm not seeing you, I'm just only hearing you. Um, so do you see yourself as a community builder then? Um, is that the direction you want the company to go? Or are you still the manufacturer of, you know, tiny homes? Maybe it's a little bit of both. Yeah, I mean, I, it, you know, technically, we do both. I mean, technically, we're a, a lot of things, right? Um, from a vision standpoint, I'd say we're more a lifestyle builder. That's my focus. Like, what does it take to live an abundant life, and what does that mean for somebody? So the manufacturing or building the community, those are our means to an end, with the vision being how are you living your life? And ultimately, that's primarily through where you spend spend your most of your time, which is through your house, you're going to spend the majority of your time there. Um, you spend a lot of time in your car, but you know, an hour, hour and a half a day compared to 12 hours a day. Um, that's the biggest key to a lifestyle change is your housing situation. Yeah. So, so yeah, we are doing developments. Um, yeah, we are manufacturing. Yeah, we are, you know, and the, and, the, and the technology is going to be applicable to a lot of other applications as well. So the technology we're developing can be used in commercial applications. Um, we're working with some companies on uh, doing outdoor storage, um, you know, with solar coverage. Okay. Uh, the technology can be used for other builders. So we're working with some other builders to provide our solar roofing, wireless switches, IoT um, and then even our technology that we're working on within the communities, we're working on like a, a wireless network within a community that we can provide low, low cost internet to not only our community members, but that could be expanded as well to people outside of our community where we can provide internet locally, um, very cost effectively to, to any home in our, in our areas that we want to serve or in a new area or partner with a, uh, a development corporation in an underserved community that wants to bring uh, internet to them. Yeah, right. Yeah. So 
the 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 stuff that we're working on has far reaching um, applications, but but are we any of those things? No, we're we're a lifestyle. Company. Yeah, yeah, interesting, interesting. And from a product sort of point of view, um, how many products do you have? And I'm not just talking about all of these other te- technological, but from from a from a home delivery, you know, do you have like model one, model two, and model three? Um, uh, yeah, so, you, are you more customized? Yeah, so from a cottage standpoint, um, we are just taking orders on our new Comet model, which is our smallest model. Okay. Um, and then we have an Alpha and Omega. Now, we our Omega, we've only built a few of, and then we put, put new orders on hold because we're going through a redesign. Uh, so currently, the only orders we're taking are for our Comet and our Alpha. So the three cottages are the only cottage models that we currently have available now within that there's various kitchen layouts finishes and all those kind of things um, but it's just the three cottages then we have you know our solar roofing we yep. can sell um, to anybody uh, our wireless switches our water filtration so as we continue to develop those technologies those will be offered um, through other avenues as well it'll be standard in all of our cottages um, but it'll also be offered you know, through third parties on Amazon, you know, wherever else people might want to access that technology and put it in their own home. Yeah. Cause that's the key is there's already a lot of homes already built that are super inefficient that, that need these things implemented. Uh, that's a much bigger market than new construction. So that's the nice thing about our technology is we can go retrofit an old home with a, a, a solar roof, better insulation, uh, wireless technology, IOT, smart housing, you know, it, 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 that's why it's so far reaching is because we just happen to be vertically integrating all of it, but we're creating all these things that can be applied more broadly. Yeah. Yeah. Are there homes in your community then off the grid or do you sort of use the grid to supplement kind of whatever? Yeah. So, so currently our communities are all grid tied. So there's, uh, power there, water, sewer, or septic, or something like that. Uh, we, haven't, uh, we haven't done one and operated it yet fully off-grid. Uh, we, like I said, we have the technology, but we haven't done it right, yet. Right, uh, right. We've been too busy kind of building. It was kind of like um, you know, it, any company that has a new technology or a new product, like Tesla, you, know, you can only buy this version right now because we're we're too backlogged on even that before we start implementing some of this other technology. Yeah. Uh, so we're kind of in that process right now on some of that. Um, but I'm hopeful in 2023, we'll be able to launch our fully off grid, put it anywhere, all things included version. Yeah. Yeah. And the Comet product, this is the one that like when I went to your website, it's, it's the one that sort of pops up. Is this the newest product? Is there something specific about the Comet that, you know, you want to highlight that's sort of interesting at this point in time? Whether it's part of your your you know evolution or sort of the yeah. you know, market need that you identified. Well, I think the most glaring thing is that we can finance them for, from ninety nine dollars a month. Yes, that's I did see that right. right. <laughs> so, like, you can actually have a a house um, with all hookups um, for ninety nine dollars a month. So that's the, that's the biggest glaring thing. It has all the technology. It has you know uh, full sewer hookups, uh, washer dryer. Uh, all in one. You, it's not a dual system, but it's all in one washer dryer. Um, 
a full electrical panel to handle all the electrical loads of the entire home, solar roofing, um, but it's very small too. So it can be pulled with a regular F-150 pickup truck. Uh, you can park it in any regular parking spot. So it has wheels on it. Um, so there's a lot of versatility with it, um, where it can be easily shipped all over the country, can be easily become a backyard ADU. Um, and obviously that, you know, that financing price point is very appealing. <laughs> yes. very, yeah. Very attention grabbing. Yeah, sure. exactly. Cause you know, if you put it as an ADU, you can probably make more than $99 a month on it too. Um, yeah, if you put it in your backyard as a as a Airbnb, right. you're going to make that in one night. That's right. That's right. Which is sort of a good segue into into my my next question. And you touched upon this a little bit as you were talking about sort of how you know the how the company started. But um, uh, outside of you know building communities and outside of sort of people's lifestyle, are you are you seeing are you getting interest from people? you know, around the countries that want to do an ADU. I mean, I know certainly on the West Coast where I am, that's been kind of a big deal, right? We, we don't have enough housing, yes. obviously. So um, a mm-hmm. lot of states on the West Coast have, you know, now enacted laws to allow people to either, either convert garages or use their land to sort of put an ADU. Um, is that another sort of viable market for you guys? And, and what are some yeah. other uses that, that, have, that have come up? Yeah, so definitely ADU is a big one. Um, you know, just using it as a as a housing option, uh, putting it kind of in the middle of nowhere, right in the mountains. Uh, you know, we have one on. Uh, I know somebody that put a tiny home on Lake Jocassi by here that we sold them the, the, the cottage, uh, kind of in the middle of nowhere. Big, beautiful lake in the middle of the woods. Um, hunting cab lodges, right? So you only need something small if you have a bunch of land and you want to have a you know a, a hunting cabin. So. The uses are kind of all over the board. Uh, we're talking to some organizations on addressing homelessness. Right. Um, because the comet is so portable, um, you know, disaster, uh, disaster relief, uh, you know, emergency situations sure. where, yep. you know, especially like power outages, water out, water shortages, like we're building in the technology to address those. So in emergency situations, if you can have a home that's fully integrated with solar and water filter catchment and filtration and reuse that you can just drop and it's just working, you know, from an emergency standpoint, that's incredibly valuable. Yeah. In the sort of life cycle of an organization, where where are you guys? So you talked about working with some you know, private parties on the on the financing. Um, have you raised capital? Um, um, are you looking to raise more capital? Yeah. Where where are you in that in that in that phase? Yeah, so we we raised uh, a pre seed round of about six hundred thousand, and that was uh, kind of a friends and family deal. Um, we've long gone long burned through that. Um, but we are working on raising more capital currently. Uh, we're we're looking at uh, launching a, a crowdfunding campaign. Uh, so I'm hopeful that we'll have something along those lines going here by the end of the year before Christmas would be ideal. Uh, and I think we're on track to do that. Uh, we're also talking to some private lenders on uh, multiple developments across the country. So people that want to do a development in Texas, we're, we're in a letter of intent to do a development in Texas. Okay. Uh, we have uh, people that are wanting to do communities in Arkansas, in North Carolina, Georgia, Florida, 
uh, Michigan, I mean, all California, all over. Um, so we have various partners coming to us from those areas that are looking to invest in communities in those areas. Um, so we have a lot of interest from the investment community. We're just kind of gauging uh, which of those make sense for us. Uh, you know, we like we do like the crowdfunding for the simple fact of like we want to be in a community and have people participate in our growth. Um, you know, we 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 are about that community, and I think that helps build it instead of bringing in some big institutional. And we're talking to institutional, and and we're gonna take some institutional capital. You know, I don't want to say we're just gonna do crowdfunding sure, yeah, all the time. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, we we actually are are we have some tax credit investors that were, we've signed a, um, uh, term sheet with already. We have some other capital letter of intents out there for various projects. So, um, it, it's really a diverse portfolio of, of capital raising yeah. in that. So we're kind of at this, um, uh, inflection point that we're going into like huge growth mode now, um, which is capital intensive. And so we're kind of making that transition where we've done a lot of the R&D. We're still doing a, a ton of R&D and we'll continue to do that because we're on the cutting edge of all this technology. But now we're getting into the switching the gears into being more in a high growth mode. Yeah, yeah. Um, what about supply chain? I, mean, I imagine you have been impacted like everybody else with, you know, getting <laughs> doors and windows and, you know, wood in some case, right? Um, yeah. Tell us about that and sort of how that's impacted you and sort of where are you with that now? Is that still a big concern yeah. for you? Yeah, it's not so much of a concern currently. Um, now, the nice thing is we don't really use a lot of wood. Right. So we're, <laughs> right. you know, our, our, our exterior structure, our roofing is all steel. Um, they're on a steel frame. Oh, interesting. So, okay. Um, so we don't use a lot of wood. Now, um, in, a, in a pinch, we've done some wood framing. Um, our cabinets are solid wood, um, but you know that's about it. Uh, and I think with our co new Comet model, basically all that will be wood is the floor sheeting uh, and the cabinets. Uh, otherwise, it's going to be a steel a steel building uh, with you know closed cell foam insulation. And um, it, it, so the nice thing about that too is nobody's using this stuff, right? So the demand isn't high, so we're not competing with a bunch right, of people. Right, interesting, yeah. Um, on, on, on the items, um, and, I, and I do want to touch on real quick, because that that has, part of what that has allowed us to do is offer a safer home in, in many regards, right? So we're more fire resistant. Right, yeah. Right? You got all these forest fires in California and, and I think Arizona, you know, having... Yeah. So, so having a structure that its exterior is completely steel um, is valuable in that situation. We've got it's an airtight building envelope, so outside air can't get in. So when you talk about that smoke coming into your home and into your lungs, it, you know it help keeps that out, um, as well as pollen or other outdoor contaminants that may be coming into your home. Having that airtight envelope keeps that. You know the the. The, the solar, so when you have a power outage, so all these brownouts and blackouts, you know, we're, we're doing solar and battery backup. So you're, you're mitigating those risks. Uh, you know, we, we can really get these homes to the point where you don't need the grid at all. Right. So when it goes yeah. out, you're, you might not even notice. Uh, now, you know, there's, 
rules to that, right? You can't run your washer dryer nonstop sure. during that time and suck all your, your energy. But, but we're addressing, you know, those kind of natural disasters, uh, you know, and, and again on the water, right? You got contaminated water in these areas. I'm from Michigan. We had the Flint water crisis yeah. where, yep. you know, it was all contaminated. So we put a filtration system in our, in all of our homes that will actually filter out those contaminants, um, that were that are in most of these situations. So when most people have a, you know, a boil water warning, it, it most likely won't affect you. You got to figure out what the contaminants are just to be be sure. So don't just take my word for it. Do your research. But we have all the data seat sheet and testing on our water filtration. What it'll get out of the system. Um, and then when you look at adding a water catchment system and that filtration. Now if if you run out of water, like um, oh gosh, was where was it recently? Um, you know, they ran out of uh, a drinking water. I think it was Jackson, Mississippi had something recently, if I'm not yeah. mistaken, right? Yep, that sounds right. So, so we're the homes that we build are addressing all of these like major disasters that only seem to be getting worse. Right, and you right. don't really have anybody working on the solutions. And our our single solution, which, like I said, is a is a fully vertically integrated cottage focused on that lifestyle happens to be fixing all of them. It's just, it's wild. Yeah, yeah. Justin, what surprised you the most during this process, um, you know, as you engaged in it, you know, here half a decade ago? Oh, every day there's a new one. Um, <laughs> well, let's focus know, on the positive you know, ones. <laughs> yeah, oh, well, no, and they're all good. I mean, they're all they're good. Okay, all good. good. <laughs> um, I think the the synergistic benefits of our focus and our vision, right? Of, of being focused on a positive vision of, of like your lifestyle and what that means. So if that's your vision, you're not worried about getting the cheapest build material, right? Uh, how can I get a cheaper two by four? Or uh, how do I get my insulation cheaper or get it done faster? Um, that hasn't been our focus because those, those things aren't key to what our vision is, right? So solar roofing is more expensive, but now all of a sudden the, you know, inflation reduction act passes tax credits. Well, it's like, whoa. So now not only are they not more expensive, but now your ongoing bills, your utility bills go from a hundred dollars a month to zero. Yeah. Potentially. So now from an affordability standpoint, like, so all these synergies just keep adding up where it's like, if we would have focused on building the cheapest home, the the tax credits would do nothing for us because, you know, we're, we're just building cheap stuff as cheap as we can anyway. Um, and we wouldn't be saving on the power bill. In fact, because we're trying to go so cheap, we're actually losing money there. Um, and, and part of the reason builders don't focus on that is because what do they care? They're done. They sold you the home. They don't care about your monthly electrical bill. They don't care if they didn't insulate it very good because they're not around anymore. That's right. Yep. Um, and so part of it is we're being vertically integrated. We're not going anywhere, right? Not only are we developing land and selling you the home, but we're providing uh, the financing for the home. We're providing uh, extended warranty services for the home. Uh, so we're, we're kind of your partner in this decision for as long as you want us to be. Now, you don't have to use our financing. You don't have to use our warranty program, but we're, we're saying we're going to stand behind our product. 
And most builders won't do that. Most builders can't wait to get away from you. That's right. Yeah, that's right. As you um, look into you know the next sort of chapter of your company, and you talked about you know a little bit about sort of you know fundraising now is one of your main areas of focus in the in the immediate future. But what what else is on deck on deck for the company? You know, over the next couple of years, five years. I mean, we're going to be building a lot of communities. Uh, we're going to be expanding these product lines. Uh, you know, we're working on getting into all all fifty states uh, by that timeline. How long did you say? Five to ten years. <laughs> well, whatever whatever your vision is, tell me, Justin. Uh, I mean, we we want to affect the lifestyle of every single person. So the goal is to get the technology not just in our cottage or in our communities, but get it into all homes. Uh, so, f- kind of from a company standpoint, that would be in practical terms. You know what happens um, in financial terms, you know, we'd like to be publicly traded one day. I, I did an internship at Morgan Stanley Dean Witter, um, which is a, or I don't even know what they're called anymore. Right. Smith Barney. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Um, but this was back in 1999, 2000 during the, the dot com bubble. Um, I was working there when Amazon went public. Okay. And, and so I was around the, you know, the, the, the brokers talking about, well, this company, Company's ridiculous, and they don't know what they're doing. And you know, they're valuing themselves at fifty million dollars. How insane is that? You know, who's laughing now? Um, and those those companies went public and made a boatload of money and crashed terribly, right? Um, during that ninety nine two thousand uh, web web crash and, and all that aftermath. But what happened during that time was a lot of great companies were developed. And so I want to build a great company um, that can withstand a, a downturn like that. And that's what we're in right now, yeah. right? And that's yeah. why I'm, feel, I'm feeling so good about where we're at because we're building the foundational blocks of building a successful company. So that's what we're focused on. We're focused on something positive, not on a quick buck or on, you know, I don't, I don't want to go and raise, you know, 50, 60 million dollars and not really have any sales and not really, you know, have much proof of concept at all. Um, you know, I want to build something sustainable, um, build a community around our product, our concept, our vision. Um, and I think that's the only way to, to really have a sustainable long-term, uh, company, uh, is to do it that way. So long-term, that would be my goal as a publicly traded company that, um, everybody can participate in. Yeah. Like, like the, like the toll brothers of, you know, tiny homes essentially, (laughs) right? Yeah, yeah, but right. not even close. But but, like, but not not with the sort of sell and, and go kind of thing, but building a community and building technology and all of these other things, right? No, no, no. I, I, yeah, I understand I that. Love, I would I would love people that, you know, want to own a couple shares of our company just because they're they want because of what we're doing, right? right? Just right. that like they want to support us, our concept, um, the lifestyles that we're trying to, to do. And I think that's a, a lot of why people, you know, hold shares of Tesla or have over time is like they see what Tesla's doing and they're making a change in, in the whole way people think about cars. Um, and, and so we want that, but we're, you know, we're obviously our, our, I would argue our market is a lot bigger. Um, you know, we're tackling the single biggest, uh, asset class, uh, in in the known earth. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, so that's, that's where we want to go. 
Uh, as my final question here, Justin, as we wrap up our uh, conversation, um, I like to sort of usually end it with kind of a little bit of a you know personal, maybe you know reflection. Um, but you know, if if you could you know go back and give your younger self, your you know twenty five year old self, some some advice, uh, what would that be? That is a really good question. Um, you probably want like a sound bite. Um, <laughs> well, it can be two or three. <laughs> uh, I probably wouldn't have listened to myself anyway, but assuming I would, um, it would probably be uh, have faith, um, believe, and, um, and stick with it. No, and I think that would be my, you know, my, what I would say to anybody, anybody that's starting something new or, you know, wants to start a company, but is afraid or has a habit of starting and stopping things or losing interest. Like if you stick with something, uh, your interest may come back or you may figure out something new that reinvigorates you to stay focused on that thing. Um, you know, because I, I, I think those would be the two things. If I could, if I could have got that earlier, um, you know, we would have been having this conversation 15 years ago. Yeah. We, ha- housing the way it is today would would be a lot farther along because I would have been working on this 15 years ago. Yeah. Um, but alas, uh, you know, it takes what it takes, and uh, God has a plan, and everything happens the way that it's supposed to happen. Right. So. <laughs> Exactly. Exactly. Well, Justin, um, thank you so much to, for taking the time to speak with us. This was this was wonderful. Uh, great learning about your organization, and best of luck in in your new endeavors. All right. Thanks again, Vlad. That was another episode of the Real Perspectives podcast, and we thank you for taking the time to listen to it. Conversations like these help us comprehend our evolving industry better and hopefully provide a perspective that helps you understand the dynamics of commercial real estate. If you like this episode, please subscribe to our show and tell your colleagues about it. That is the best way to spread the news and help us remain relevant across the industry. Cheers. Cheers.